Welcome to Passion Fruits, a passion project for passionate people. I'm your ticklish huge green pear, Daniel. And I am your avocado, Adam. <laughs> and um, Adam, what do we do on this podcast? Well, Daniel, the tales of our podcast and the subjects of those tales are many, many, fa- many multifaceted tales that split off into other smaller tales. Uh, <laughs> let me let me tell you. We talk about uh, what takes someone from being a casual fan of something to becoming a passionate fanatic about that thing, and mm-hmm. we 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 discuss. Uh, you know the journey that that person went through to become a a passionate fanatic about it, thus giving us the name passion fruits. <laughs> thus, indeed. There we go. Oh boy, yeah. So we discuss things we're passionate about, things our guests are passionate about. Um, really, what fig- what makes people tick about how and how they become such an obsessive fanatic? Sure. And so, but not but not what they talk. No. Only what they no. only what makes them tick. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> what are we discussing today, Adam? Oh, mate. Well, we are talking about the British fantasy novel <laughs> series Harry Potter. Oh, hello, Harry Potter. Yes, you're a wizard, Harry. You're a <laughs> podcast, Harry. <laughs> so, is wait, hold on. Okay. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I don't know of any famous Harry Potter themed podcasts, actually. Uh, I'm sure there's a uh, major Harry Potter podcast. Uh, sounds like someone isn't a huge fan of Harry Potter if they don't know if there's a Harry Potter podcast. Well, I, so I <laughs> stick to, I, I'm a, I'm a pure, I stick to the source text. Thank you. Uh, of course. Very much. <laughs> just like, just like your Bible. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if, if that were the case, I'd read the, I'd read, read the original in Hebrew. But you know, I don't write. So it, it, my my equivalent is when I read Harry Potter, uh-huh. uh, I read it in an English accent. Got, got it. <laughs> Boy, I'm sure that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, do, do you want to hop into our passion fruits pedia section, Mister Mister Daniel? Yeah, let's explain what Harry Potter is to people who may be living under a magical rock. (laughs) Sure. So Harry Potter is a series of fantasy novels written by the British author J.K. Rowling. Just kidding, Rowling. (laughs) (laughs) LOL. LOL. Thanks. Uh, The novels (laughs) chronicle the lives of of a young wizard, Harry Potter, and his friends, Hermione Granger and Ron Weasley. Now, basically, the story arc concerns Harry's struggle against Lord Voldemort, uh, kind of the 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 prototypical evil person, a dark wizard right. who intends to become immortal, overthrow the wizarding, uh, basically overthrow the wizarding world and rule over all wizarding kind. So, um, Adam apparently doesn't subscribe to the idea that. Uh, 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 he should not, who should not be named, uh, Lord Voldemort should not be named. <laughs> oh, Voldemort, God. Voldemort, 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 Voldemort. <laughs> Is this just because you want to watch that silly YouTube video on this podcast right silly, now? You, silly YouTube video. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a bomb in my pants. <laughs> That's no, what it's about, right? I, I discovered the, the sauce, the ticking noise. It's a pipe bomb. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Anyways. Um, <laughs> so let's get back to Passion Fruitspedia. You're taking this off quick, Daniel. Gosh. Huh, you said this As if your broom was cursed by a magical hex. Ah, there we go. Nice. Nice. Thank Nicely you. Busy. So Harry Potter, the first novel, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or otherwise known in the States, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was released on June 26th, 1997. Uh, the books released up through up through the mid 2000s and then obviously there was this big movie franchise that was associated with it there's an entire theme par- section of a theme park theme parks uh, associated with it you have every manner of uh, uh every manner of spin-off toys uh in anything everything harry potter themed right um it was uh, I'm, I'm gonna go back to my old trope of uh, bragging about how popular and how many awards it won. Oh um, boy! <laughs> the books have found immense popularity, critical acclaim, and commercial success. Uh, the books have, as of 2018, it's not 2020 numbers, mind you. 2018, the books have sold more than 500 million copies mm. worldwide, making them the best-selling book series in history. Wow. Yes. The last four books consecutively <laughs> set records as the fastest selling books in history with the final installment selling roughly 11 million copies in the, in the U.S. within 24 hours of its release. Jesus. Yes. When our, uh, when our transcripts of our episodes come out as a published book, uh, it will definitely beat that record, but oh, uh, we have stop. to get up to episode 50 to do that. <laughs> our, our listeners are waiting. Yes, they are. So... But yes, so basically Harry Potter is, is this like massive cultural phenomenon that started in the mid-90s and has gone up through, I guess, now. Um, and yeah, I think that sets the tone really well for this discussion because you and I are children of the 90s. And I, I, I assume that you read the Harry Potter books and watched at least one of the Harry Potter movies. And yes. I, it, the, the, the phenomenon that was Harry Potter shaped a lot of what we were as kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Adam. That was a beautiful summary of Harry Potter. And of course, we'll be discussing more about the series and the different media and all that kind of junk um, as we get further into the episode. Oh, yeah. If you're coming to us after listening to uh, the episode with our great guest, Lauren Calv, just to let you know, we curse on this show. Oh, fuck yeah. It feels so good to be back in the fucking saddle. Oh, no. <laughs> I was enjoying our family-friendly episode, Daniel. I think <sighs> you said a few. I think Wikipedia made you say a few uh, swear words. So no. that Har- Harry fucking Potter and the fucking Philosopher's Stone. How you still there? <laughs> my I, mic was is looking, gone. I was looking at Harry Potter podcasts and the number two podcast. Oh, so saying super engaged in our conversation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the number two podcast recommended for Harry Potter fans is Potter Rodica. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, that's what we should do is we should read some um, Harry Potter fan fiction slash fiction later in the episode. <laughs> okay. Sound, sounds good. I'm going to look it up <laughs> to Google. Oh, All right. um, so Adam, yes. If God, if people don't know what Harry Potter is, then they 
uh, again, have been kind of living under a rock. So we will be discussing and explaining it more as we get into the episode. But Adam, this is kind of something that you are passionate about. Yeah. Why don't we hop into good old Coco Corner and story time and figure out how wee little Adam, the wee lad from uh, rural Virginia, very British, became such a huge Harry Potter fan. Sure. So I... Uh, so Harry Potter has, I, I, I don't want to say I'm as big of a Potter head as some people, you know, I didn't play varsity Quidditch in college or anything, Oh uh, man! <laughs> even though our school did have a Quidditch team. <laughs> um, wait, Oh, did we really? Yes, we did. Damn it. They traveled. What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, brother. You didn't know that? No. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Where were you, Daniel? Come on. I was getting laid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Anyways, so, but I, I really enjoy Harry Potter, and it's it's a book series that I can, that I've come back to, you know, once every couple of years to, to like, do a full read-through. And I'm actually finishing up my final read-through. But I first got into the book series in the fifth grade. So in the fifth grade, and this is a little bit of an Adam backstory here, which uh, all the all the listeners do love when I, you know, go on my long-winded winded soliloquies about my history. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, so back in the fifth grade, I had a fairly major surgery, and I was immobile for a couple weeks. And so uh, one of the, you know, like, get well presence I got from one of my family members was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And my mother started reading it to me uh, as I was recovering. And we liked it so much, we basically got through the entire book in within like two weeks. And it was like mom reading it out loud to me. And the funny thing is, so like I was a fairly uh, adept reader by that time. Mm. Uh, no big deal. No worries. I was reading multiple chapter books by that time. <laughs> um, but Red wall and the like. Exactly. And so I think my, my biggest frustration was like, I, uh, I would always try to read ahead. Uh, but mom didn't want me to read ahead because she wanted to know what was going on too. And so I was immobile. Like I had surgery on my hip, so I couldn't move. Like I had to be like, be helped out of bed and stuff like that. And so she put it up in a place where I couldn't grab it from my bed. So I couldn't read ahead. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> but it was a wonderful bonding experience. So of course. I, don't, I don't regret it. I won't lie. Like I was a little bit skeptical at first when it was given to me, like it just was not up my alley as far as, you know, the books I was reading, I wasn't really into star Wars and, su and such like that. Um, but you know, Clearly, you know, after the first couple, you know, after the first chapter, it was like, oh, we got to keep reading this. Around that same time, my sister got into the book series as well. And basically from then on, both of us devoured each book when it, when it came out. Um, we came all in Sconson, Harry Potter, like every, like, like a majority of the kids were back in the back in the good old days we like one of the only computer games my sister had was harry potter and the chamber of secrets computer game which was really bad um but what? it was yeah i know surprising we we had everything from uh the books and i th i think it was interesting at that point because like 
1998 when I first got it through like 2001 like there were there were no movies out and so a lot right. of toys had not come out a lot of the peripheral like merchandise hadn't come out around Harry Potter so a lot of it was just um and even like the computer game you know the games hadn't come out by then so for the first few years it was just the books that I was right. reading um and you know we got the books on tape for CDs, uh, so that's how I continued to consume those uh, those books throughout many many years, and constituted a lot of my quote unquote rereads was just listening to the books on tape. And I still own. Um, I went back through a few years ago and bought all the books on Audible uh, as, an, nice. as an audiobook. So I still listen to them every now and then. You know some of the books that came out afterwards, like some of the world building books. Uh, they had like a Quidditch book and one called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And then, so, um, and you didn't try out for the Quidditch team after you got the Quidditch rule book? I mean, you know, uh, I was too busy doing other stuff, Daniel. You know. What's you that know. supposed to mean? You know. That's <laughs> oh, right. I know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Actually, they, 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 they saw me. They looked at my, my CV and they're like, you're just too overqualified we can't he's, have he's too cool yeah we, we can't have such a ringer on the quidditch team right uh it would just we'd throw the whole league out of whack so we can't have such a bludger on the quidditch team oh man check that <laughs> yeah nice. nicely done good pull. good pull daniel but yeah I, I think so that's how we got into harry potter and obviously i saw all the movies actually the, the final movie came out when i was working down in guatemala so i went to see the movie in Guatemala, which was a hilarious experience. Um, and yeah, so, so literally, and and once again, like uh, even up until now, like I'm, I'm finishing up another reread of the series. I still enjoy the book series. Every time I read it through, you find something new every single time we can get into that a little bit later, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into it and how it stuck with me as well. So nice. Yeah. How about yourself, Mr. Daniel? What, what was your relationship with, uh, with the world? Uh, oh boy. Well, I kind of first discovered Harry Potter around the same time as you getting into larger and more complex chapter books at that time. I don't think I read it like when it first came out, maybe like a year after it had come out and steam was building about the popularity of it. And I remember getting the first one and rereading it a couple times and like rereading specific parts, especially in the Sorcerer's Stone, like the last couple of chapters where they have to go through the trials where they have to fight the chess people and they drink the potions and they have to find the flying keys. Yeah. It was just like very imaginative and I could really picture those scenes in my head um, and really enjoyed that book. And then I mean, I've really enjoyed all of the books and enjoyed most of the movies. I remember getting the second book and being really cool because I brought it into school to read in between classwork or whenever I could grab a free minute. Oh, and man. You're people a, being like, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. You're such a rebel. Well done. Totally. Yeah. Um, I remember people being like, oh, my God, you have the second Harry Potter book? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember, I don't really remember like anything specific about the release days for some of the middle books like i i know i would get like the books pretty soon after they came out but i don't remember doing like any midnight um 
releases or going and waiting in line to get it. I do remember kind of getting Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows like the day that it came out because um, I think we we're in like high school or maybe in college uh, when that one came out. So and sorry, go I, ahead. I think um, we were in. I'm pretty sure we were in high school when the Deathly Hallows came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think it's at, by that point in time, they knew that there were so many people who wanted books. They were just, you could pre-order them. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm pretty sure like it, it basically was like, they just, you know, blasted the entire marketplace with the books. And I think my family pre-ordered them. Cause I, I yeah. remember that my sister and I would um, get in disagreements as, as to who got to read the book first. So like for the last two, like we just got <laughs> two copies <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I remember reading that last book maybe in like two days, a day. I remember staying up really late reading yeah. it because it was it was a very good book. And um, it, like you have kind of put in the outline, it's it's always been kind of like a comfort food book series. Mm-hmm. I always kind of enjoyed the movies. I know they're not that great, especially the early ones. Katie and I have actually done a couple uh, <laughs> Harry Potter movie marathons uh, sometimes just like pick a week where we watch a movie a night and then go through all the movies um wait why don't you invite me over for those <laughs> i don't know if i realized you were such a big harry potter fan oh, come <laughs> on. i'm re i'm re-watching the first deathly hallows movie right now Goodness. oh man uh <laughs> wait while we're doing this podcast yes exactly you asshole well i was looking up uh harry potter slash fiction so <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much missed all of what you were saying about the Harry Potter books you read. <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. But yeah, uh, so we watched the movies. We've uh, silly, stupidly watched the movie series based on Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We really just watch those as kind of, uh, we don't want to really pay attention to anything, but we want to have a movie on kind of movie. Yeah. Um, I do remember getting the video games, the computer games, like the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone video game uh-huh. where you got to fly the broom and you had to throw like popping, popping little things at people. And supposedly there's going to be a Harry Potter RPG release at some point, which I think would be amazing. But yeah, I, I, it's always and it, it's definitely shaped my imagination and the kind of books and media that I consume now, it's kind of similar to what we've talked about in the comic book episodes and the Star Wars episodes, how that has kind of led me to science fiction and fantasy and like hard science fiction and, um, you know, more adult fantasy. Um, (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't get it. Huh? You'll you'll (laughs) learn when you're older. Oh, just kidding. Rowling. All right. I made a note that I need to say just kidding rowling five times. So that is number two. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, always saw the movies in theaters would go see them with friends. Yeah. It's always been something that's kind of part of my life, but I, I, you know, I, I haven't read the books in a long time and we can get into maybe a little bit why I haven't read the books in a long time and kind of the controversies around just kidding rowling. That's number three. And uh, yeah, kind of where, not where my passion has waned, but like why I haven't gone back to re-read all the books recently. Sure. So I, I think like um, people our age who grew up with the characters 
Yeah. Because uh, like you and I are exactly the same age as Harry Potter was when we started reading the books. Maybe, right. Maybe and a year younger. When uh, when I turned 11 or 12 or whenever it is you're supposed to mm-hmm. become a wizard, I was 11. waiting for waiting for fucking Hagrid to burst through the door and be like, you're a wizard, Daniel. Come with me on me motorbike and let us ride. Ride like the wind. So first of all, uh, Hagrid did not take Harry on his motorbike when he picked Harry up from the uh, from the hut on the on the rocks when they when he was stuck in the middle of the ocean. It was uh, on a little rowboat. Okay. What are you talking about? When did Hagrid become a pirate? <laughs> that's like that's like my standard tough guy voice, tough guy quote unquote voice that I use for uh, all my D and D dwarf characters. Pretty much, I know Hagrid is the exact opposite of a dwarf, but um, uh, he's just he just has the personality of a dwarf. I see how it is. Then everybody wow. pretty much just morphs into a Yoda like creature. <laughs> So <laughs> your, your, your range as a voice actor is just phenomenal, Daniel. A wizard, you be Harry. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So, so getting back to is my this good? Point, Are people laughing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much. Okay, good. <laughs> I hear it. I hear them in the, wait, they're laughing at us. Hold oh, on. Damn it. Ah, it happened again. Uh, what was your point that um, you rudely interrupted yourself? <laughs> so what was, uh, because we're essentially the same age as the, as Harry Potter and his compatriots, as they go through the books, what do you think that had something to do? Like we could literally relate to the characters in the book because they were exactly our age. And how do you think our impression of the wizarding world, and Harry Potter is different from like kids today where, I, I mean, you know, kids in fourth or fifth grade, I'll bet some of them haven't heard of Harry Potter. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. No. I, and I think you're right. Like, I remember when that weird chapter in the second book where all it talked about <laughs> Harry Potter was just talking to Ron about how his balls had dropped <laughs> and he got his first pubes. <laughs> I, that was like, and it was like, I read that chapter the exact same day that that happened to me. It was like really strange. I was like, wow, I, am I Harry Potter? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right, Adam. Like it's, it's one thing because they were, they were, the books were coming out as we were kind of in the same age and they were also kind of, the books were dealing with more serious and adult themes as we in our own lives were starting to deal with more serious and adult themes. Yeah. Like in the fourth book, you know, that's kind of when shit went down when, uh, Oh, also spoilers for anybody who for some fucking reason hasn't watched Harry Potter, read Harry Potter when, um, Cedric Diggory dies and like, you're like, Oh, Oh God. I thought Adam Adam just skipped the fourth book. I only I only read the first book. I don't know what you're talking about. Adam did the odd number of books. He's gonna read in the next decade the even number of books. It, it's kind of like with, you know, like Cedric Diggory dies in the fourth book, and then it becomes the series becomes a lot darker and yeah. there's a lot more death and a lot more loss. Um and you know, of course, you and I weren't dealing with a wizarding war uh at any point during our lives. And not to say that we were 
not losing friends or not losing family members or anything like that. But um, it was, they were books that we could grow up with and learn how to and how to process kind of more adult things in a kind of safe setting. So I, I definitely think that helps. And I will, don't know if kids are really getting into Harry Potter these days, but I would imagine if they got into the series that they may be able to, well, I don't know. Cause I guess you could just read all the books. Like, you know, they don't have to wait a couple of years to read the second book. They could just kids. read all the books like in one fell swoop and kids these days. Let me say, yeah, they, gosh. they got it all. They've got it yeah. all. Them and their iPods and iPads. And I don't know anymore. I mean, who knows? Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Daniel. Mm -hmm. anyways <laughs> um did i answer your question <laughs> uh not really but that's okay what was your question no sorry i, I was too I, busy I, thinking of my great joke i i <laughs> i think i think he i think he did it, it was like you know how how well are you know what what is the difference between us uh relating to the book and really getting into it versus you know people that are two decades younger two decades older than us because you know, oh yeah 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 no, and I would appreciate your input on it too, but I think it also, it comes down to the fact that we had to wait for the books and it allowed us to process them before they came out and process them after we read them rather than, and I, I do it with series now, like being able to just immediately go into the next book in the series. Um, so I think that definitely helped us get into the series more since we were able to grow up with Harry Potter. Go ahead. Yeah. Adam. yeah I think, um, I would love to know like a cycle to see like a psychological study on what the, I mean, the immediacy of things that we want these days, like we don't have to mm -hmm. wait for anything. And this is going to end up sounding like me, like a, you know, grumpy old, codger um basically you know, like kids don't have any patience these days all they do is <laughs> sit on the tiktoks and get something new blasted at them every 15 seconds blah 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 blah, blah, blah. um yeah I, I i would agree i mean i think there was um uh i i'm i think i'm just amazed myself at how pervasive the harry potter universe uh, mm. got like so when the sixth book came out um my family, we were in Peru, and I remember because we had to wait till we got home to buy the books. But mm -hmm. the the books came out, and we saw them in this Peruvian, like you know, mid sized Peruvian city, like in a bookstore in yeah. Spanish. And that was kind of the first sign to me. And like you know, our Dutch friends read Harry Potter, and that's how I learned a little bit of Dutch. Was like I had a Harry Potter, you know, I had the Dutch version of the Harry, of Harry Potter, the first book and had the English version, but nice. it was this truly like first worldwide phenomenon of like, wow, this book is every freaking where, but just like the, and this goes back to my earlier point of if it really targeted the, our generation, like millennials, um, how pervasive across the entire world, the books hit. And that's just, yeah. you know, amazing to me because it's not like a Star Wars. It's just kind of universally, uh, you know, you've got five-year-olds who love Star Wars. You've got 75-year-olds who love Star Wars. Right. And I think that the age range for Harry Potter is a little bit narrower and obviously they're outliers, but. Right. Well, and something that you brought up when we were, when you were talking about the seventh book and how you, or how people could pre-order it, it's, and talking about how the 
instantaneous access that we have now to all of the Harry Potter books, but also all of like our medium media and books and TV shows and movies and everything. It's interesting because during the rise of Harry Potter and when all the books were coming out was also the rise of Amazon and Amazon prime. Yeah. Like to be able to place a pre-order for the Harry Potter, like the seventh Harry Potter book and to be able to guaranteed get that on the day that it was released, like was huge, you know, no more waiting in line, no more hoping that you go down to the borders. Borders was still a thing. Um, <laughs> uh, sadly, no, but Hey, I know. We, we have a great podcast studio for it now though. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Thank, God. <laughs> thank goodness. It's, I'm so glad we can socially distance in this rundown derelict borders. Exactly. Again, Adam is in the coffee section and I'm in the DVD section. Um, Adam, would you like to buy? Uh, would you like to buy Fast and Furious for twenty five dollars? <laughs> Why, yes, yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, catch! <laughs> oh, 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 hold on, one second. Oh, let me go pick it up. Oh, it oh Adam, look out for the sinkhole! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, audio commentary, physical commentary over audio is probably yeah. not the most effective form, but that's okay. no, that's it's perfect. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see, like, again, now kids and people who want to read Harry Potter can just read all of the seven books, you know, as quickly as they want to. And they can get all of them shipped to them within a day. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get into kind of why we heart Harry Potter and where the wheels fall off uh, when we're talking about Harry Potter. Sure. How about we take a little break? Yeah, a wee little break. And Here we'll we go. Hear, we'll hear a word from our sponsors. Here at Pastor Fruits, we are proud to be sponsored by Twitter because you know what? Social and economic policy can be definitely discussed in less than 220 characters. I guess 240 characters. But anyways, yes, uh, Twitter is the perfect medium if you really wanted to take uh, a very complex idea and boil it down into just one or two sentences. Um, it's a great medium to spout off whatever the heck is on top of your head it's because people really care about that kind of stuff. Twitter is also a great medium if, you, uh, if, you're a, if you're a wannabe influencer and are looking to disrupt uh, the state of any, any developed economic nation because apparently we're all a bunch of lemmings and we all believe whatever is on the internet. So once again, thank you. Thank you for supporting Fast Fruits Podcast, Twitter. Uh, this is a disclaimer. We are not actually supported by Twitter or sponsored by Twitter. That was just a satire and a joke. Please don't come after us, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a. I've got another ad for us too, Adam. Okay. Passion Fruits Podcast is also sponsored by Blimpstagram. Do you want to take a picture of a hot, sexy blimp in your area and share it with your friends? Check out Blimpstagram, <laughs> the place to find hot, sexy blimps in your area. Single, not single, swingers, blimp swingers, all for your viewing pleasure. That's Blimpstagram at Blimpstagram.com. All right. So as we as we dive into the I Heart Harry Potter section, there are two main things that that I, that I really want to touch upon is, is one is like all these neat themes that I keep 
that all these neat recurring themes that really make I think the book a lot more timeless than you know other children's books essentially. Um, but also, I want to address as well, especially recently, some of the controversy that's come up around Harry Potter, um, past controversies that have come up around Harry Potter. Some ridiculous, some some not so. Um, and and yeah, I, I think it'll be an interesting discussion as to how we see the book series and the media franchise uh, and some, you know, sometimes separately, sometimes as one. So like, like what you were saying earlier, Daniel, you know, like Harry Potter really is my comfort book series. You know, they're easy to read, you know, they're fun, compelling storylines. I found too, as like in all my rereads, like, uh, JK Rowling, huh? Just kidding. Rowling. Nice. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it doesn't count because I didn't say it. But very <laughs> nice. It. Um, she, she, she's a she's a good writer, and she the the books are pretty fast paced, where it moves the story along. Despite how big some of the books are, um, and or despite how long some of the books are, and it really packs a lot into. It. And there, especially the books, not in my opinion, not so much the movies. There's a lot of nuance stuck into it. Mm. And we'll get to the movies here here in a second, but I think you know it's really easy for Harry Pot for Harry Potter to have been a good versus evil story, um, mm. and in essence, it is. It's it's that classic combination of like Harry Potter's this you know the chosen one and he's good. Voldemort's ultimately you know the uh, uh, kind of the pinnacle of all evil. Um, but what I appreciate and what I think is really powerful about the books is that there's a lot of nuance thrown into what good and evil mean and how you can overcome evil. So I, I would like a, a couple points I like to bring up is um, the good guys aren't always good um, and the good guys are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Like, you know, one of the Harry Potter becomes a whiny little bitch for like two for like two books. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I mean, he, I, obviously, he's undergone like a ton of stress and blah blah blah. But like, he's just like he's he's like that classic 14, 15 year old that's just you know the world's out to get him. And granted, I right. guess the world was out to get him, but you know, <laughs> he wants to go to Tachi Station to get uh, power, power converters. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like even Dumbledore is, is show, Dumbledore, you know, one of the main protagonists of the of the book is shown to be a flawed character. Um, yeah. Severus Snape, uh, who ultimately becomes, you know, who ultimately is one of the the main protagonists of, of the series, even though or of of the storyline, even though he's the one of the primary antagonists of the entire series. Right. Uh, you know, they, they, he balances that. Uh, that relationship really well. Even Voldemort, kind of this representation of evil, the, especially the last book, the second, the sixth and seventh books go into kind of how this started. Like he was, he didn't just like pop out being evil. Um, right. He was a little. He had probably some evil proclivities, but but like clearly he had you know a rough family life and you know abandoned as a child never felt accepted and you know these were ways that he was able to uh his activities were ways for him to kind of overcome a lot of his insecurities and his fears and like right. i said you know even some of the the good characters uh you know all all the teenager you know all the all the students you know they weren't immune from jealousy they weren't immune from rash decisions so it was this really nuanced view of and to our point earlier, Daniel, I thought it was a really good view and reflected what we were as kids as well. 
So it was yeah. just, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was evil when I was a kid. Very, very evil. I, whew, I remember when you know, the first time I met your parents, they're like, oh, goodness gracious, there, there's a good kid in Daniel's life now. He was, you know, Daniel was trying to <laughs> off all his friends. He was just yep. like, you know, hexing kids all over the I place. Kept, I kept putting horcruxes on our cat and um, <laughs> stabbing uh, basilisk fangs into journals and being like, out, you damned soul, out. <laughs> I'm sure you were, Daniel. <laughs> this is actually an intervention because we still have you doing this and it's really getting old. <laughs> Look, I don't know how else I'm supposed to sacrifice these goats or what I'm supposed to do with them, okay? It's really frustrating. <laughs> They're just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I think so that like nuance is, is a theme that I really like mm. about the book series. The second one is how in the ultimate story is like love is the most powerful entity in the universe, according to JK Rowling's interpretation, because it ultimately mm. is love that overcomes every obstacle within the book series. Right. And I also thought it was interesting because like, as you were mentioning before, death is a very pervasive theme too. Yeah. And how we accept death as a part of our lives is you know, clearly defines the good characters from the evil characters. Like Voldemort himself was so afraid of death and so afraid of dying that he performed all these terrible acts, including murdering people to prevent him from dying. Whereas it turns out at the end, at the very end, you know, Dumbledore willingly sacrificed himself to protect Harry. Right. So it's, so, it's obvious Voldemort did not, um, Hear the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> he must, uh, it was not a story the Jedi told him. <laughs> and Voldemort was, uh, he, he was performing in that weird circus, you know, oh, um, cool. <laughs> Star Wars circus thing. <laughs> he was, he was too busy, um, dancing around in a bubble as, uh, to, to hear Emperor Palpatine. So, Palpatine, Adam. What? Palpatine. Palpatine? <laughs> you said Palpatine. You said Palpatine. I did? Oh, you did. Oh, whoops. Palpatine. <laughs> oh, no. God. Oh. <laughs> I hit the self-destruct button to erase all of our Star Wars episodes. <laughs> Palpatine. Uh, I got my, my, my tongue tied. Um, <laughs> I just cast a Harry Potter spell on you. Wingardium <laughs> tongue tied us. <laughs> so I, I just talked for like the last 10 minutes what what are you know talk to me a little bit then you like what what kind of themes have have you seen in the books you know what has like why you know why do you and katie continue to watch the movies <laughs> kind of thing yeah well again like you said it's it's a comfort book series and it's a comfort kind of movie series for me especially the first couple of movies they're very cheesy and kind of at some points almost like <laughs> silent movies during like the quidditch matches quidditch oh god <laughs> quidditch matches there's like five minutes of no dialogue <laughs> and you're just kind of like was this a style of movie making in the early <laughs> 2000s but yeah i mean it's it is such a it's just the books hold such a place in my heart where it's just like these are important books to me that influenced my life and my um, 
tastes and my sense of humor and how I deal with hardships in life. I mean, there's it 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 even extends to kind of just fan made creations. I don't know if you've ever watched the the YouTube series called Wizard People, Dear Reader where this guy took the entire uh, first movie of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and dubbed over it and narrated over it. So it's him just being like this, doing like this really weird affected, like kind of eh, weird voice like this, but describing everything that's going on, but getting all the character names wrong and saying them differently and just adding a bunch of shit into it of like Harry Potter's motivations and what Ron and Hermione are feeling. And I've watched that like on YouTube several times. It was an actual YouTube video that I watched, Adam. I was about to say, hold on, hold the phone. <laughs> you just said you watched something on YouTube multiple times. I'm this impressed. was back when this was back before it was trendy to watch stuff on YouTube. I was oh, a trendsetter. Okay. Ah, so. yes. Ever the hipster, Daniel. Ever yeah, exactly. Hipster. What was it called again, Daniel? It's called Wizard People, Dear Reader. So it was ah. this guy who made who did like a he and his friends would watch um, Harry Potter and he would like narrate over it. And he created, he like did exactly what I said. He narrated the whole movie and then released it for his friends to download. And it made its way around the internet and got synced up onto the movie on YouTube. But I also downloaded it and made it into a CD and like synced it up while I was watching the movie at home one time. And like on several car trips during college, I listened to the, just the narration of the movie itself. It's just a very, very funny thing. So I probably have more affection for that wizard people, dear reader than I do for the actual early (laughs) movies, but especially the later movies. I mean, some of the, like it's um, Harry Potter and the prisoner of Azkaban, the movie it's like a Alfonso Cuaron movie. Who's like a very well-known director and has done a lot of good sci-fi stuff. The movies are kind of, play into what I like about the movies now with like the Marvel movies. They're kind of actiony, but have a lot of heart and have a lot of drama in them. Um, so I have kind of, you know, again, comfort food kind of stuff where it's like, I will always laugh at kind of the older movies and will always enjoy the later movies and enjoy the books too. You know, I won't really laugh at the books cause I think they're good, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not as like as big a passionate fan as you are. I, it's not like I'm, dressing up as Harry Potter when I'm watching the movies or reading the books like you are, Adam. I just keep, but, I, all I've worn for the last like six months is a robe. Is, is, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you're wearing while you're working from home? Darn right. Yep. Must be nice. <laughs> and, um, and the wizard hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, it's just, it's something that I could read or turn on or um, kind of chill out to and always enjoy yeah i Sorry, I'm, go ahead. i must say like i'm always impressed i'm always impressed with the actors um sorry let me phrase this as a question which actor do you think was best in the first movie and which actor do you think was most improved throughout the entire series I guess if we're only talking about child actors, then I would say Daniel Radcliffe got a lot much, got a lot better yeah. throughout the entire series. Rupert Grint, the actor who played Ron, yeah. probably <laughs> stayed about the same the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, and I, of I, course, I mean, 
Emma Thompson, Emma Watson. Watson? Watson. Thank you. Oh God. I'm such a big fan. Um, Emma <laughs> Watson, I mean, has become a major movie star. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like, yeah, Rupert Grant was, you're, you're, you put it perfectly. Like Rupert Grant stayed about the same throughout the entire series, but he was by far the best actor in the first few movies. Oh yeah. Um, and then Harry Potter or Daniel Radcliffe got better. I always thought that, uh, Emma Watson overacted for Interesting. all the movies. I don't know. That's just me. But yeah, the, the supporting cast is phenomenal. I mean, the, some of the actors that they pulled in were absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm very much in agreement with you is like the, the first few movies were like fun. Yeah. Sort of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban really was the first one where it was like, Ooh, this is actually like a, a solid movie. I think the fifth movie, the order of the Phoenix yeah, I don't. Something was weird about that one. Like it, was a, it was a really good. I thought it was one of the best. I don't. Yeah, I I, I can't quite place it. it. It seemed a little bit out of place. Maybe it was like just a little bit too dark before it got really really dark. Mm. Well, and it, that's such an interesting like a transitional period in the series where it's like right after the fourth book slash movie where it's like oh shit Cedric Diggory died and everybody yeah. knows Voldemort is back. And like, that's kind of like with the fifth and sixth movie, I think it really took them a while to get used to the tone. Yeah. Um, Cause it was like, Oh, we got to still make money off those kids who still have to go see Harry Potter. But like, there's a lot more adult themes in this. How can we deal with this? Yeah. And I think they finally got to it in the seventh, the part one and part two of the seventh movie. Yeah. One thing I love about the seventh I guess part one of the seventh movie of the Deathly Hollows is when they talk about the what's the fucking three parts that they have to come together? The wand, the bullshit, the Triforce. What what is it called? <laughs> um it is the the Deathly Hallows. Like they're literally Oh fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when the Deathly Hallows when they do like the anim- animated yeah. movie, like the short film within the movie of how yeah the deathly hallows came to be like that is like so cool the animation is just awesome and it's like randomly in a harry potter movie where you don't kind of expect something of like that artistic caliber to be in there and like yeah i i i really enjoy that movie just for kind of that part alone yeah no um, I, I that was one of the big things that stood out to me about that movie as well it's like holy cow like this is like a really really good like yeah intriguing short film within a film right yeah totally the you know the the movies themselves are are interesting i think one of the things that and one of the things i appreciated going back and reading the books is the books still center like obviously up through even the sixth book um when they're still in school it focuses a lot on the schoolwork which i find um oddly comforting yeah. uh, because obviously like the you know the I'd say probably even after the third or fourth movie, it, it, it's not about the schoolwork anymore. It's about, you know, defeating Voldemort and all the drama going on around it. But like the, in the books, it's like, Oh yep. They're studying. <laughs> and they're in yeah. a lot of the things that they talk about revolve around them actually having to like be students. Um, right. Things I, yeah. Again, like it was kind of like another weird chapter where, uh, just kidding, Rowling, there's number four, was just <laughs> describing like Harry Potter writing an essay and was like, Harry wrote a vertical line on his piece of paper 
And then he crossed that line with a horizontal line. And then he wrote another vertical line and then kind of made a downward curving line to create the letter H. And then <laughs> so she's, uh, like, she's kind of like out how to spell. <laughs> I was like, it was really weird. I, I think she was just kind of padding the book to get um, page numbers up. But <laughs> the actual content of the book is only 30 pages long. Right, for, yeah. some reason, for some reason, the book is 650 pages long. Meanwhile, dragons are attacking the uh, Hogwarts around Harry Potter and He's just writing an essay, and all we're reading is how he's writing an essay. It's, it's a weird chapter, man. I don't, I don't know why she included it, but oh boy. <laughs> but well, that that actually brings us to a good point. Um, yes. So, uh, good old J.K. Rowling, or as you would refer to her as, uh, probably J.K. Rowling or okay. Ms. Rowling. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, so there, there are. I think some of the interest that I've had is like understanding the author, like understanding the artist. Yeah. Um, that's become a little bit controversial lately. Uh, do you want to jump into why that's controversial? Yeah. I mean, because that will, as listeners may have kind of guessed, like I haven't gone and reread the books. Um, I obviously just kind of like the books and movies. I'm not totally invested into wizarding and witchcraft and all that kind of culture. Um, so yeah, let's kind of Daniel, hop into. It's just because you were cut from the Quidditch team. Why you why you revolted? I, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're just still still salty about that. I'm gonna go read Hunger Games instead. <laughs> uh, so yes, let's get into kind of the controversy. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, let's get into the controversy. We're really on, we're really on of, uh, this evening <laughs> of uh, J.K. Rowling and kind of where um, what she's up to. So. One thing that isn't really very controversial, one thing I don't really like about uh, about J.K. Rowling is that she edits a lot of like the story. She's kind of like George Lucas, like after the fact that these published works have come out, she's like given little tidbits that we don't really need to hear. Like the fact that before uh, wizards adopted modern muggle plumbing, the wizards would literally just shit their pants and then magic away the shit and piss in their pants. Wait, really? You? Oh my God. You didn't know that, Adam? No, I didn't. Let me read exactly what it is to you. This is what I searched on Google. Harry Potter poop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody, if you don't like blue humor, but this is an actual tweet from the official wizarding world for Harry Potter. Hogwarts didn't always have bathrooms. Before adopting muggle plumbing methods in the 18th century, witches and wizards simply relieved themselves wherever they stood and vanished the evidence. Hashtag National Trivia Day. <laughs> what? That's this weird. was tweeted out in 2019, but the uh, little factoid came out in 2015. And I remember reading that being like, so that was just released? Like the author allowed that to be released? And why do we need that little bullshit? information like i was happy not knowing what what that wizards uh shat themselves to and then magicked away the poop and stuff that's so strange <laughs> so so strange <laughs> so there's that other other parts where um you know i think it's it is nice that and good that jk rowling has kind of uh 
given more background information that you could kind of get hinted at in the book, but weren't said outright was JK Rowling identifying Dumbledore as uh, a gay man, which is um, I think powerful. Yeah. Again, I'm a straight white male. So that is better said by somebody else um, than me saying that's powerful for the um, gay community. Um, But it is. And, but there's other stuff that has come out lately that kind of negates that almost when recently J.K. Rowling has tweeted about a lot of kind of anti-trans messaging and has kind of stated that she does not believe in people identifying as man or woman. Like basically whatever you have between your legs is what you are and there's no way around how you feel and what you think. And has even said in a couple tweets like, where do trans people go to the bathroom? Like how would you want uh man like a man because she thinks that just a person with a dick and balls between their legs is a man um would you want just a man going into the woman's restroom and like scaring your daughter it's just like oh my god why are you even talking jk rowling like why are you even saying this shit like your whole book series and the whole media around your stories is like acceptance of everybody and the underdog and the weird kids and like the people who may not identify as the the quote unquote quote quote unquote normal like Mm -hmm. why the fuck are you saying this bullshit like and you know here we are to make some hot takes and to solve all the world's problems of like separating the art from the artist. Um, so I've just kind of rambled on Adam. What do you want to say about it? No, I, that's exactly where I was going as well. It's, it's, I mean, it's sad um, because of, of many of the big public figures, especially uh, for an author that who, whose books who or whose published works is really targeted teens and their most vulnerable years i mean that's truly what harry potter is is like this really insecure young man coming of age and overcoming all of these things right um like dark wizards trying to kill him um like <laughs> and and as you said like harry the whole theme around harry potter you know like harry potter um was you know the, the countless things i've read on reddit and in articles and just you know talking to people is that uh yeah, Harry Potter, the whole thing was about inclusion and acceptance and kind of loving yourself for who you are. Um, I, I remember like the original descriptions of like Harry, Ron, and Hermione is that they're uh, they're not necessarily beautiful people. <laughs> like mm. like Harry's just like scrawny, you know, this scrawny kid with a weird scar and like hair that looks weird. Hermione is just like, you know, you know, uh, you know, very, very able, very intelligent, but kind of like this frizzy haired, you know, person that just not like, not kind of like the prototypical, uh, like bell of the ball, you know, Ron, right. Ron is this tall, lanky, you know, uh, red haired kid with a lot of zit. Like they're, they're, the archetypes are not meant to exclude it's right for them to be relatable. And it just boggles my mind why she would take a stance on something. Um, and it's, it's also why she would take a stance on like trans rights. And once again, I'm a cisgender, you know, male, right. (laughs) That's, that's, uh, uh, so I, I can't speak to it 
nearly as well as probably some of our some of our compatriots. But like, whew, like I, I, it what really frustrated me was some of her rationale that I've seen is that trans rights go against women's rights. Like, if you allow people to identify as whatever they want, how do you stand up for women who are being abused and and you know, I was like, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Logically, that makes zero sense right. to me whatsoever. Like, if there is a group that's being, you know, systemically oppressed and you know not given opportunities and being, yeah, it, it just it boggles my mind. So, right, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and and this, you know, this brings me to a you know one thing that I've had some debates about is you know people are like, oh, J.K. Rowling's the worst. Like, you no. Know, boycott harry potter and i was like i don't know and this is what you were saying before in this you know how do you separate the art from the artist because in my opinion the way i interpret the art the books um is that and even you know the movies and the positions that the actors have come out saying about you know like we disagree with jk rowling so on and so forth is you know the 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 media and the books mean so much to so many people that I find it almost a shame to disenfranchise or not disenfranchise, just to like to discredit, discredit and, or a ban- yeah. And abandon yeah. what I view as like really foundational book series uh, because of some, some idiotic things that JK Rowling is tweeting about, you know, right. a decade and a half after her last book came out, but that's open for discussion. So <laughs> I don't yeah. have all the right answers, and, and that's yeah. I don't know. No, and, and I mean we've we've talked a lot about going through some of our through our episodes of like a lot of what you get into and how you're passionate about your stuff is like finding out everything you can about these people, and I, I'll relate it more towards the music episodes that we've done because those are that's what that's like when I really get into something is like music bands, all the music bands. All the music bands, especially Dave Matthews. Um, yeah. But like sometimes I purposefully don't really read much about like my heroes. Like, cause, like of course, that old saying, like, you never want to meet your heroes because yeah. they'll just turn out to be assholes. <laughs> like, I'm just like terrified of reading about personal lives of like Josh Homme or like James Hetfield. And like, you can kind of already tell from just like the limited information and stuff I've seen on like some of my favorite, some of the musicians that I look up to, but that like, I, I really don't seek out personal lives of artists because I'm just so terrified of hearing, not terrified, but I would be so disappointed if I would hear something from this artist that I adore of like, Oh yeah, they just went on a gay bashing tirade on Twitter. And it's so hard to, escape that now um because of how available everybody is and how everything is just jumped on and reported on i mean even growing up we didn't have to deal with this kind of stuff it's really just become really pervasive since 2010 around then and and this is this is where i'm conflicted personally because yeah like you know I would love to be able to like separate the art from the artist, but I'm, I'm I hate to make this connection, but it's the same. That's it's to me, it's a similar reasoning 
that people have about our current president. Like, oh, can't stand him, can't stand what he stands for, but you know, he's getting stuff done. And there are people in this country that believe that despite all the terrible things that our president says and does and acts upon that the ends justify the means that, you know, he's, you know, he's cleaning up Washington and he's, you know, he, you know, he's getting our economy back on, back on track. So on, like literally these are things that I've heard people right. say. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously I don't think JK Rowling is quite to that extent, but like the platform that she has and the platform that other celebrities have, even though we may, you know, you know, I love Metallica. I love um, all these, you know, you know, you know, music band artists, authors, movie stars, that kind of thing. Um, but if truly, if, if what they put out and what they make an income from levitates their platform to spout off stupid shit, right? <laughs> like how, at what point do we draw the line? Like it's convenient for me to, to be able to say, I want to separate the art from the artist because I really like Harry Potter. Um, right. It may not be so convenient if I had, you know, a close family member that was trans who like feels very personally offended yeah, that JK exactly. Rowling is, you know, saying all this terrible stuff. So, and I don't have a good answer for that. <laughs> no, I mean, but this is kind of what we've talked about before is we want this podcast to kind of, discuss those subjects that make us uncomfortable and you're right i mean we don't have the answers it's like then that can't be solved because i think this will just continue ad infinitum um and will just happen no matter what because people are idiots and people are assholes and i'm sure we have some opinions that people don't agree with and you know, they're trying to think the same thing. Like, how do we separate the art from the artist? Like <laughs> all, all Daniel jokes about is dick and balls. And, uh, how can we separate the art from the artist? <laughs> Cause that's art. The jokes aren't the artist. <laughs> very crass. <laughs> I, so I yeah. think the, the, on, on a funnier note, I think the, the, what is ironic to me is like when Harry Potter came out, there was a big portion of the evangelical of the evangelical community evangelical christian community who was like harry potter's evil it promotes witchcraft right. like it's not good and you know that was kind of further exemplified when jk rowling came out and she she was like you know i love you know people who are of uh multiple sexual orientations like dumbledore was gay blah 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 right but then she comes out and says one trans people are terrible um or she doesn't, maybe not terrible, but she doesn't believe no, yeah, that yeah, people yeah. identify that it's a true like identification. But she's her, this goes back to her kind of continually explaining her creative process. But she very explicitly says that, you know, Harry Potter was written based on Christian themes, you know, the theme. Right. Of oh, yeah. And I think that's hilarious because like it's got to have some of these evangelical Christians like scratching their head like i agree with her on this but not on this <laughs> yeah they have their daily list they update of what they agree with harry potter and what they don't agree with harry potter and like the list for agreeing with harry potter now is getting longer and they're like damn it <laughs> hey these books are kind of good let me tell you <laughs> um <laughs> did you read harry potter and the cursed child i did what uh, did you think about that it's very clearly well publicized fan fiction gotcha um did you ever read it or did you read no it? what my understanding was is that it like kind of threw out almost all of what had happened in the 
actual books that just kidding rallying there's number five and we're done <laughs> had written and like how like Hermione and Ron divorced and Hermione becomes like uh, a wreck after she loses Ron. And it's basically like totally discrediting what kind of character Hermione was in the stories of being like the strong, powerful, independent woman. And then she's just needing a man to survive in Harry Potter and the cursed child and all that kind of stuff. But no, I didn't read it for kind of that reason alone, even if that is kind of not what was going on, but uh, yes, sorry, you did read it. I did. Yeah. I I read it once and it, it was, it was just weird. Like, cause it wasn't written by JK Rowling. It was blessed by her. Um, And she blessed this, uh, you know, she blessed this book or this play essentially. And I think that's part of it. It's, it's, it's a play. Um, It reads like a play. So it's, it's a very quick read because it's essentially a two and a half to, you know, two hour and 45 minute play stuffed into text form. Right. The, it it was just, it, the tone felt completely off. Um, So I was, very disappointed in it actually gotcha. so anyway it's yeah. funny because I, I bought it and i was like oh yeah like you know harry potter buy the books and i was like eh, i shouldn't have purchased this <laughs> that was a mistake <laughs> yeah throw it in the fire <sighs> well thank you adam was there anything else you wanted to say before we finish up no like, like i said i think um our conversation today is i think is very indicative of how how much harry potter means to me and especially like with the controversies that we discussed at the very end it I, I find it interesting that I'm still having an excuse to keep Harry Potter relevant in my life. Like, like yeah. I'm, I'm finishing up the last book right now. Um, but it's, uh, it clearly has shaped a lot of what I have viewed from, uh, from a uh, literature standpoint, from a movie, your know, movie standpoint, clearly it shaped my, my, my upbringing as it has for millions of other people. So yeah, I, I, I enjoy talking about it and I, you know, this is probably not the not the podcast to do it, but I uh, like some of the details. And that, similar to like Star Wars, I like all the fine details and like why something happened, um, yeah. and like the the backstories. And so it's uh, yeah. Thank you. Nice, thank you, Adam, for discussing that mm-hmm. with us. Shall we hop into recommendations? Faux show, dope. Or Lauren Calv. Uh, again, thank you, Lauren, for listening. I'm sure you are listening to this episode now <laughs> and have listened to our entire back catalog at least 20 times before this episode comes out. Lauren recommended or has said that she had been listening to a lot of Grimes recently. I have not listened to any Grimes. Um, don't even know really where to start, but I may check it out. I have very much appreciated the playlist that Lauren created for us and have actually gone on to listen to some of the other artists on there, like Sarah shook and the disarmers and Robert Ellis and have like kind of devoured some of their albums since we recorded uh, the episode. You Adam recommended the new kid Cuddy and Eminem song. Yeah. Um, that was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm hoping, it, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think it, I hope it's maybe maybe this is what you were about to say, Daniel. But like, I hope it's a sign of things to come. Um, yeah, like it was very lyrical, and Kid Cudi's last album was just very ethereal and probably a little bit too out there for my taste. But 
anyways, I thought this is a neat re- return to form, if you will. Which album are you talking about for Kid Cudi? Uh, let me go look it up. Were you talking about Kid See Ghosts or pain, Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying? Let's see. It was Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying. I think it was- you should check out Kid See Ghosts, kind of the duo. I know you're not a big Kanye West fan, mm-hmm. but it's Kid See Ghosts is kind of his duo with Kanye West. And I've always found that Kid Cudi and Kanye West together kind of push each other mm-hmm. to a lot better kind of music. Um, and I've, I've actually really enjoyed the album Kid See Ghosts. Okay. Yeah, I'll check that out. So if you're looking, because like I was had been kind of feeling the same way about Kid Cudi. I mean, you know, like sophomore and junior year of college, all I listened to was um, Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon and Man on the Moon Part 2. Yeah. I was really happy to listen to Kid See Ghosts because I think it's more of a return to form. And I'm hoping after that new song with uh, Eminem that a new album comes out and it's kind of like back to Man on the Moon. But yeah. um, yes, so I appreciate that recommendation because I found it very enjoyable. Um, and then I recommended to you the new Andy Samberg movie, uh, uh, Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? I did. Nice. And it it was very different. I enjoyed it. Um, it was not what I was expecting. Um, but it was it was yeah, it was, it was that kind of ground this unique take on that groundhog day theme. Yeah. Um and it was like it was a dark comedy, which I had not seen Andy act in before. But it was yeah. it was very good. And you know, the cast associated with it as well. Uh, was really really good too, and I thought they did. It, it's it's always that really really fine balance for Groundhog Day movies of mm-hmm. how much do you repeat, how much do you not, how weird and ethereal totally. do you get. Um, and I thought they did a really good job. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you, um, you like that that kind of movie, don't you? Edge of Tomorrow, Groundhog Day, yeah. right? definitely. <laughs> Looper, God, so good. Um, <laughs> Are you trying to say something, Daniel? Do you just want to be able to repeat time? Do you do you have a lot of inner regrets and past mistakes <laughs> oh, God. that you want to go back and fix, Daniel? Um, let's start with first grade when I pulled my legs close to my chest and let out a loud fart, and <laughs> all the people laughed at me. <laughs> um, so no, Adam, that's the only regret i have <laughs> what would you like to recommend to me this time so i would like to recommend another podcast um oh may, here we go you may have started listening to it already but it's an oral history of the office i uh, have listened started listening to it okay so that was that was going to be my my recommendation but i really enjoy it so. i do too i i've been comparing it maybe unfairly to the office ladies podcast so have i um, <laughs> but I am enjoying the so it's uh, the oral history of the office with Brian Baumgartner, who played Kevin in the office. And he goes through he's doing like 12 episodes uh, talking about the history of the office and the people who made it and like does interviews with everybody. John Krasinski, Rain Wilson, Steve Carell, the directors, the writers, you know, Greg Daniels, um, Ricky Gervais, Steve Merchant. He does it with he talks to everybody. And that's I kind of wish that's what the office ladies podcast has start had started as. Yeah. Um, I know you've kind of like, you've totally fallen off the office ladies podcast. Haven't you? Yeah, I have. <laughs> anyway, back to the oral history of the, yeah. uh, the no, office. I, I agree. And I think I can't remember who I was telling this to, but 
in the four episodes that have been released, I've learned more about The Office than the. I mean, I've listened to at least twenty episodes of Office Leaks, or however. Like, I've, I've st- I'm, I'm not caught up, but I've listened to a number of them. Um, yeah, and it just seems to have. And and there's a there's a plot to the oral history of The Office. Like, it doesn't. It's not like this aimless wandering around. Uh, around discussing an episode it's like there's the theme to each episode and they talk about it and obviously it progresses it's going to progress through the entirety of the show but i enjoy like one of the big things that i really enjoyed about it was learning about uh, allison jones the casting director and her history and pulling together ensemble cast so like i didn't know that she was responsible for freaks and geeks and right. for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and for like kind of finding all these hidden talents in the in the entertainment, and you know she was a casting director for Arrested Development. Like once all these right. like um, you know no these like you no know, phenomenal TV shows. It's like oh that's really interesting. You know if it weren't for her, we may not have had The Office as as we know, or we definitely wouldn't have had the office as we know. Right. Yeah, totally. So yes, no, I, I think the oral history of the podcast, if you're looking for an office podcast and don't want to do an episode by episode breakdown, the oral history of the office is the podcast to listen to. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, that was a very long recommendation for me. So what would you (laughs) like to recommend to me this week? Daniel. Um, so I'm going to recommend the new album from the rapper, the rap rhyme artist Logic. His oh, new okay. album, No Pressure. Okay. Have you listened to Logic at all? I have, and I actually saved his new album on Spotify. So I've I've gotten one point there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I heard, I heard um, the album was really good. So yeah, it's it's very good. I was uh pleasantly surprised because some of his latest albums have been kind of meh i think yeah but he's actually like he's retiring after this album like this is it and i started listening to it today and i i've really enjoyed it and would really like to discuss it with you because i've enjoyed a lot of his earlier works and i mean uh yeah so please check out logic's new album no pressure all right will do nice all right adam well thank you so much for um, talking HP with me. <laughs> nice. I, uh, I, I get it. <laughs> thanks. Um, oh, no, I have another at recommendation for you, Adam. Okay. Um, I talked about it before we, or after we talked to Lauren, the new podcast from Adam Scott and Scott Aukerman that I told you about started out as a Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast and has now switched to a Talking Heads podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just search for on your favorite podcast app, You Talking You Two to Me, or Are You Talking R-E-M, Re-Me, and you should find the new podcast that they've put out. The Red Hot Chili Peppers one is really funny. And then they get into the second episode, and they're like, I really don't want to talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and they're like, all right, let's talk about the Talking Heads, which we're much bigger fans about or for. So now it's, um, are you talking talking heads to my talking head? That's <laughs> <laughs> really funny and it's really good. And uh, this is the time to get in on the ground floor on those this podcast, Adam, because they've started a whole new series. Oh, okay. We'll and do. then you should listen to the U2 series and the REM series because they're <laughs> hilarious. All right. 
I will do so. Yes. <laughs> Take that. Uh, so yes, thank you for talking HP with me. We'll go through the social media stuff really quick. We are on Twitter at passionfruitsp 2 or nice. just search for Passion Fruits Podcast. He got it. We're on Instagram at Passion Fruits Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook at uh, just search for Passion Fruits Podcast. <laughs> we're in the world at uh, Passion Fruits with a Slice of Apple Podcast. <laughs> uh, and you can email us at Passion Fruits Podcast at gmail.com. We have a blog that I haven't updated in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> called uh passionfruitspodcast.home.blog check it out for a new update coming out soon i promise um <laughs> yes thank you so much for listening uh like and subscribe tell all your friends tell all your families uh keep on rocking in the free world yeah <laughs>